You're listening to a DM podcast. We are underway. G'day, guys. Welcome to Talking League. We're a weekly NRL fantasy podcast. Full house in the night in the house tonight. I'm oh, sorry. I'm your host, TK. Full house tonight. <laughs> G'day, Andy. Congratulations on your minor premiership in our draft league, mate. Yeah, thank you. Oh, it's been good. Uh, been top two since we started, so I'm just happy to be here, guys. It's you're a serial, <laughs> you're a serial a, one or two, aren't you, mate? I was a free agency whore, just scraped a free agency to to find up some good bargains. And geez, I found some great ones. No, you did very well after coming back from zero and four. But Corbs, g'day, mate. Sorry about your loss today, mate. I well, actually, I, to be honest, I did. I was a lot closer than I thought. Leilua and um, Big Stefano. There's a bit of a rekindling with the love for Big Stefano, but. What's uh what's minor premiership get you for the draft comp you're in? Uh, you get? Glo- uh, glo- glory, um, <laughs> okay. just some good old bloody glory and how many comps talk, have you talking? Won? How many comps uh, have you won? Of of one of one one more one one less than you. Would you say that you're a little bit like the Eels, where you sort of show so much <laughs> promise, but yet you can't sort of just get that final title? Don't fire him up, course. Uh, Don't fire him I'll up. Say, oh, I'll just say, uh, just, just a question. <laughs> hey, no, I, I'm you, a bit salty over here. What did you come on the ladder? Yeah, oh, I got bumped, TK bumped me down the fifth there. The cool. bastard. But, oh, okay. That's uh, good. That's good. You can't win them all. Have you noticed over the last couple of weeks, our old loves have all come back. Jordan, Ricky, and Adam Dewey for me. Stefano for you. Or well, Andy's hey, pretty much his whole draft team's his love. I think for me, Josh Curran. Oh, my gosh. He's what a good weapon. player. He had, I reckon that was a career game for him. He was a standout on Saturday. Him and um, Walshy, just, they ran over that team. Playing twelve, di- playing with 12 men as well. That was yeah. unbelievable. Nah, yeah, that's pretty much ended the Sharky season. Thanks, Warriors. <laughs> but, boys, we all had pretty good weeks. Let's rip in and just see where we were for round 21. Andy, why don't we kick off with you? Your score and your rank, please, sir. So I got 1,001. Um, my rank is 4,010. So I think captain choice with Haas maybe sort of stuffed me. If only I some sort of had some sort of prediction and put it on Burton, I'm <laughs> laughing. <laughs> but uh, worst performer was Scott Drinkwater with 22 points. Uh, things I could probably do is change Schuster to the halves and then just keep Drinkwater in that loop position. Mm. Now, at, least, at least you're on the front foot. That's probably a good idea moving forward for sure. Now, Cole's moving to you. Score and rank, please, sir. Uh, I went the 983 and I <laughs> – what did I move up? I was seeing what I got was in round 20, 639 to 624. So just a stone throw, move to the closer to number one. But, yeah, uh, I've got the one trade left, which I think is going to pop up with a question for us a little bit later on. Was very happy with uh, the Gagai inclusion. Oh, yeah. You, you Gold there, mate. Absolute gold. But, yeah, you, you're lucky you've got one trade left, mate. I think that's going to really serve you well. Yeah. Yeah, um, how's, that, how's that feel, being able to make trades? No, I, I actually like to. I know I said it last week, but I sort of kept that one trade just for a segment for the pod. So I was, <laughs> you hold it away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you want to just hold it? Hold it for the rest of the season. Keep us relevant. <laughs> well, boys, only slightly above you guys. 1,011. I was pretty happy with that, considering a couple of silly mistakes with Gutho that I made. But round 21 rank, my highest ever, 52. So. Ooh, I was snaps. 50, actually, and then the recalc after the, the last game kind of got me put back to 52, but pretty happy with that. Apart from Angus Crichton, I'm pretty unscathed from the weekend, so very happy you actually with that. Drew, 
you actually do look really relaxed with the no trades as well. I've just um, been I've just been cooking and I've had a couple of scotches, so that's <laughs> definitely helps. Yeah. All right, boys, let's just rip through for a little bit of news on suspensions and injuries before we rip into some studs and duds. So suspensions, Angus Crichton, he's been cited. He's looking at three to four weeks, grade one crusher. String of previous offences probably bring that up. Keenan Palacia, he's careless high tackle, looking at two weeks out. Another big one is Matt Lodge, careless high tackle, two weeks out. Kane Evans, he absolutely lost the plot. Somehow he's only facing one to two weeks for his country contact. He did go to the bin twice. Uh, Tafoa Sipley from Manly, crush a tackle one to two weeks. Dallin Wattin was Lesniak, Appy Corosau and Kerp Cape Wall missing for a week. Dangerous throw for Cape Wall, contrary contact for Corosau as well as DWZ. A couple more to go. Torek Sims, careless high tackle, he'll be missing a week. And then also fines for Will Chambers, Liam Martin, Egan Butcher, Jordan Rapiner, Zach Lomax and Tane Mills. So busy week on the suspension front. Let's a naughty boys. Never ends. And then injuries wasn't as severe in numbers, but quite significant on who got injured. Tanella Paseca, Sydnesmosis, suspected, probably four-plus weeks. Lachlan Fitzgibbon, Corbis man, and he's looking at a shoulder subluxation. So they haven't revealed how many weeks he's out, but assuming on kind of what we have seen of previous, probably somewhere between three to six weeks. I'll jump in here. I got in contact with uh, Physio Phil because he's a part of – I brought him in – for my draft team, and he just said uh, yeah, he's looking at probably two weeks minimum, but yeah. wait for the MRI scans, which will probably be this week, some stage. But you would have to think he's um, he's gone. Yeah, okay. Well, two two weeks for you is pretty much done because you won't make it next week. So <laughs> in draft, <laughs> you two are getting very <laughs> very. Doesn't matter. You guys are getting very <laughs> spicy today. I haven't even announced the last one. Andy, your man, Reed Marnie, he's gone for the year. This oh, I know it hurts. It really hurts. But we'll touch up on uh, replacements for him in the pod. Yeah, so that's very unfortunate. But, boys, let's hit some positive fronts. Let's hit the no, no, oh, no. positive fronts. Hit the wrong button. <laughs> Studs, why don't we kick with you, Corbs? Who's your stud for the week, mate? Ah, uh, geez. Got me by surprise there. I went um, the man's horse. He was, uh, he was very good. Yeah, he was. 87. Or just anyone that plays on that left edge. There was a narrative here. Uh, he, he has only got the spot for one more week. But would you would you rush Alex Johnson in? I think that maybe the, the extra week is next week for round 23. So they could have rushed him in for this week coming. But um, considering Mansour sort of did the job and, yeah, they don't want to, you know, hamstring uh, can be a bit iffy. Yep. But, yeah, mate, it's just how good is that? It's the best left edge. In uh, the NRL. Yeah. So good. Corpse, I don't think you're going to lose Mansour. I reckon he's going to get switched to the right wing. You're just going to lose his scoring potential because yeah. that's AJ's yeah. spot. He's still good, though. Like, he's still good for his carries. Yeah, yeah for and, sure. Uh, he has found a little bit like uh, of a bounce back with his form. I think maybe just being consistent in the team's got to be a bit of a positive for him. But, yep. yeah, he, he is a uh, renowned crabber when he brings it back sometimes. So... And, yeah, just always busy. So he was good for me. He's probably not classic uh, anything you're looking at. But in a draft, if he's still hanging around, I dare say there'll be a few eyes on him after his score yeah. on the weekend. But, yeah, I, the other one, like just looking at those sort of players, because um, my wing of fullback's terrible, but any of those that are on the edges of any of those teams that are going to sort of have a good little run or have got an easy run, 
um, are definitely ones to look at. Yeah. Well, I'm going to stick on the South's front, and my man is my man, Cam Murray. 70 against Para. Oof. Scored a try. He's playing big minutes too, boy. 69 minutes. And, you know, he's got getting through just a mountain of work. 36 tackles, four tackle breaks. His footwork in the middle of the ruck, just second to none, boys. And I think if you're looking at your last few trades and you've got the money for Cam Murray, I think he's a must given his versatility between the edge and also the mid. But, Andy, who's who's your stud, mate? Uh, my stud's a bit of a um, salty one. <laughs> uh, Matt Burton. I do have him in classic. It's not that salty, but 106 points, two tries, 212 running metres, six tackle breaks, and 339 kick metres. Jeez, he's really showing what the Bulldogs have to offer for next year, don't they? Yeah. He, he could go real early in some draft um, leagues, especially if he keeps that centre dual <laughs> position. That step he put on Teddy, oh, geez, that was that was good. I really think, I really think he really just sort of eases Cleary's mind next week about bringing Cleary in, um, especially since they're versing the Dragons as well. But yeah, he done well. He done well for me. He for probably me, kept me up there in the thousands with my classic team. Yeah, for me, I think moving forward, I think he's a better number seven than he is a six. You just got to have his the ball in his hands. So, and Avrilo went fantastic today. I think they'll make a perfect pair moving forward. I think they complement each other quite well. Yeah, looking good for a good season next year. Geez, a couple of good signings. And Addo Carr uh, too, man. Yeah, again. If they just lose a couple of um, uh, terrible players. Hetherington. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> Jeez, he he what, a another thing. what a silly boy. But, boys, let's go to our duds. No, 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 no. Andy, why don't you kick us off our duds, mate? Yeah, mine's Nico Hines. Purely 24 points from uh, 45 minutes played, but I just think that Pappy Fax is really hurting him, hey? Um, I think he's a massive sell option for those who can, <laughs> who have the luxury of not having other spot fires anywhere else. But just he might come into value when he sort of uh, when when Bellamy decides to rest like a half or someone else. But yeah, Hines is really yeah, I've got him in my fantasy as well, and I can't do anything about it. So he might be a looping option for me. And us use that word spot fire. Apparently, that's the new pedigree. That's what people have been saying. Spotfire. Have you heard that? Did anyone ah. say that to you? Apparently, Spotfire has taken over the podcastville, and the old pedigree has been replaced by Spotfires. Well, that can With- probably be used in conjunction. <laughs> Is that just our podcast? Or no, podcast I, th- I think across across all the the different podcasts. So. Yeah, right. Well, there's plenty. There's plenty listening to that list of suspensions and injuries you just mentioned. Yeah, for sure. Now, Corbs, moving to you. Dud time, mate. Who you got? Just- well, I've gone the opposite, and the old bull against the the young calf in Staines, yeah, who's just been so up and down, and he just doesn't seem to. I don't know. He's just too small, I think, to get those <laughs> bigger scores. He, if he gets some good tries and attacking stats, but his uh, his base is just horrendous. Corbs. Is this a Ferrari? Corbs, I know. Yeah. You know, me and you, well, all three of us, we like a little bit of gym. Who do you think, boys, would win a bench-pressing comp out of Sam Walker versus Charlie Staines? I reckon Staines would. did Because oh, I didn't see, what, did Sam Walker have his jersey off no, when you were saying so that? No, he looks small. He looks like a kid. Like, seriously. I reckon, I reckon, I reckon Corby's son could probably give him a run oh, for his mate. I'll tell you <laughs> another one. Pappen, I've seen Pappenhausen. I don't know if he ate while he was off with his head. Uh, concussion, but side on, there's not much to him either. He's 60 kilos, easy. Oh, they're, they're those three. 
bench off. Uh, but with Paps, he, he can avoid so many tackles, just needs to avoid a tackle and run. That's what he needs to do. That's yeah. his sort of game plan. Definitely. Now, boys, our my dad was Clint Gutherson. We had a long conversation about him during the week on Wednesday. But, yeah, it's one of those things with these top four teams that he just doesn't produce. Probably the, the biggest thing that I didn't realise until I did a little bit of research, he hasn't scored for six games, which is quite unusual for him. So that's, yeah. And no doubt that Parramatta have lost form over the last six games as well. So it's not that he's playing bad or anything. I think he's actually playing, consider, like for the rest of the team, he's putting in a lot of effort. Just even a season, he had a season low of 110 metres as well, which is quite concerning. So maybe it's the maybe the energy back from Clint Gutherson, maybe if that returns, maybe Parra can go a bit on a bit of a run because they need to do something fast because their season is sinking like the Titanic, no doubt. Well, they're they pretty much full strength bar RCG, and he doesn't change that game plan. They're just going for the one-outs. It's like, come on, guys. You're in the finals now. Just, I don't understand how they just don't change that up. Mm, they kind of remind me of a – you know what? You watch a lot of NFL, Andy. They remind me of like a poor NFL team that try to get to the fourth down and just boot it downfield with a good kick. Like, that's all they've yeah, got they at the don't, moment. Yeah, don't make those risky plays, which they need to do and cement towards the end of the season. Yeah, they've got a perfect opportunity. But, boys, let's move on. We've got plenty of birding questions. First one I want to talk to you boys about, and Andy slightly brought it up with Matty Burden. And it's going to be very, very interesting. I just want to get your take on both of you, just kind of where you feel. Because that, that performance on the weekend has lifted Penrith to second place and puts an eight-point gap between them and Parramatta on fourth place. But, Andy, I'll start with you. What's your thoughts on kind of burden staying in the halves and do you think this might have delayed Cleary coming back a touch? Well, there's two. There's the emergence of Burton playing really well and the other factor is Reid Marnie's re-injury. So if you had any doubt or, of Cleary coming back and not being able to – and having a sort of uninjured run to the finals, geez, when you see the tears out of Reid Marnie's eyes, that just sort of changes it, doesn't it? And give him, keep in mind, they're versing the Dragons next week. Do you really need to risk Cleary coming back to – uh, beat the Dragons <laughs> and they're versing the Bunnies the week after so wouldn't you rather have a, a fully fit Cleary fighting into the Bunnings than having uh, Jim, having the risk of playing him against the Dragons yeah. I, I just think Burton stays there next week which is good for my fancy team <laughs> Yeah, for sure. uh, but bad for any sort of Cleary owners Corbs you've been a big advocate like you've got a very big coaching background and you've been talking maybe Cleary just resting until finals so you still got the same thoughts? Yeah, diving into this, I still back that up. So I was looking at the table, and I've I've got to send that Excel thing through to you guys so you have a little sneaky peek at who to target for free agency tomorrow morning. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Snake. That's that's reverse Snake. Thank you, mate. He, he'll send I'll, it after I'll, the I'll told you, after I, may, yeah, I may have changed a few things on there that hopefully you don't notice till after. <laughs> <laughs> They've got uh, a better 150 better for and against than um, the – uh, eels and roosters so yeah. they are literally locked in second or third doesn't matter they're, they're playing the bunnies in week one of finals yeah. a storm won't lose top spot and even if storm do lose one game potentially um in that last game if they were to rest everyone they still have a uh for and against of uh what was it 160 plus so they're not going to catch them even if that's the case anyway, so i just don't think why would you risk it? Like Andy mentioned the Marnie thing. Mm. Why would you risk it when you know you need him for the finals? Like the, the games literally do not matter. Like they've locked in their spot. It's pretty much about just keeping a healthy team. I know you've probably got to keep your momentum and sort of just that positive psychology sort of into the run mm. uh, to the finals. But 
I yeah, I just do not see why you would bring him back. I know he would want to play and the players want to get there and whatnot, but like last week when they played Melbourne, when they didn't have Cleary, they did not even look like beating them. Yeah, totally agree. I'm on your wagon now, mate. I thought they were going to bring him back maybe round 24, but now considering what happened to Reed, and Reed Marnie was considered a lot minor compared to Nathan Cleary as well. So you think, you know, what Andy brought up, he bought his two, two games and in this third game he does his shoulder again. That's just way too much risk. You know, Corbs, you make a good point about the for and against as well. Just, yeah, I don't I don't see him coming back at all, which is unfortunate if you're holding him still. I think you, you, now is the time, especially if he's – I think we're going to get a, a good indication. If he's not named at all this week, I think it's a pretty good indication that he won't. He will sit the rest of the season until the finals. Yeah. Yeah, inter- yeah, it'd be interesting. I think I still have um, a bit of doubt. I reckon he might come in before finals, just purely for what Corbs mentioned. He just wants to play. Yeah. I think he'll want to have those um, runs under his legs before finals. They might put him in a couple of games before, um, especially because he was he on the reserve this week. Yeah, he was on the extended. Yeah, so I think I think he's he's almost there, but he won't come in next week. I don't think he will. I think he'll come in for the Bunnies game. But yeah. there we go. I'm not a coach. I guess the, the other big thing is you just want to play Melbourne once in the finals. And the, the way to do that is to finish in the top three because then you have to either play them in the prelim or the grand final. And you know to win the comp, you have to beat them once. So I think they're pretty much locked that in. So I'm with Corbus that I don't think we'll see him for the rest of the year. Uh, I'll call you during the week. Yeah. So. All right, boys. Next one, and the man we just spoke about, Reed Marnie. You know, unfortunate injury. Sorry to all the fantasy coaches. I know a lot of you own him and brought him in for, for Ben Hunt, which is the biggest thing. So let's talk about possible replacements. Corbus, I'll start with you. If you are a coach and you lost Ben Hunt into Reed Marnie, who would you be picking up if you got a trade left? I'd be cancelling fantasy and just looking <laughs> to next year. <laughs> and I have seen a lot of people comment that and write that on uh, all the different pages on the internet. Uh, it's I think there's only two now. Like Coruscant with missing a week, I think he's out of play now. Hunt and Marnie were there. There was sort of that top five. Yep. I think it's just Grant or Cook. And really, it's just you could nearly flip a coin with those two. Uh I'd probably just lean towards Grant, a bit cheaper. He's still battling for that nine, and he's got lost time to make up. You can see he's just going after it, whereas Cook's almost a bit like Penrith we are just talking about, where he's fairly complacent and he's happy just to cruise through knowing that they're going to be playing Penrith in the first week of the finals. I wouldn't be surprised. I know that we got that intel from you, but... They need Cook there. Like, if they lose Cook, that's huge for their team as well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Grant's still only going to be getting that 60 minutes, so that's not going to change. But he's um, outside Manly. I feel like he's going to be pretty devastating over the last four games. Yeah. I think if you don't lose Hunt into Romani, I don't think you can go Harry Grant. It's just too much risk. Imagine him doing oh. a hammy. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm all for it. Harry Grant is one of my favorite players right now, and I'm projecting him to go big in the last four. Just imagine you go Hunt into Reed Marnie into another injury. <laughs> yeah. Another injury playing hooker. I think you've got to go the conservative pick with Cookie. Both physios, though, Phil and the NRL physio, both said if he gets through those first two weeks, yeah, they did. then they should he should be good. So that is encouraging for anyone that is like sort of leaning towards him or has him in draft and needs him to really <laughs> lift. <laughs> Narrative galore. Andy, what's your thoughts on this one, mate? <laughs> I've actually got a left field play here, hey. Ooh. Um, so, look, those who have more than just the one trade left, 
Man, Joey Lussick. His last three games, he had 61, 41, yeah. and 63. With the 41, he only played 50 minutes. So I, I can, I'm pretty sure he's going to play 80 minutes for the rest of the season. He only costs 349K. Yeah. That's a massive cash down option, especially if you've got more than one trade and you're looking to, you don't want to sell a big gun for a better player next season. Um, he's only owned by 3.48%. That could rise a little bit after this pod, after everyone listens to my beautiful advice. But <laughs> I think he could be the go, eh? especially because he's going to do a lot of tackling uh, in the next couple of games. They've got a pretty hard hard draw, Parramatta Eels. But, man, I'm liking it. If I had plenty of trades, I'll be picking him up. But yep. at that price, Amy Hooker, that's gone. It's funny you brought him up because I was having a look today at his ownership. And, you know, you said the 3%. three But in the top 1,000, Andy, he's owned by 5%. So people in that top 1,000 who thought that this guy would never play again this year just might maybe got a little smoky that might average 50 Jeez, for the rest of the year. lucky. That's good, especially at this time of year. Can you imagine picking up a 50 player that wasn't meant to play? So you're hoping him for the red, but then he ends up becoming a 60 or 50-plus point. Yeah, absolutely. He can play a bit too, Joey Lussick. Oh, I like him. I think for 349, that's really cheap, man. That's a massive cash down, especially for those who are looking for that someone to sort of cash up for another player. This is like falling into their hands, especially if you have Reed Money too, 707K. Hey, Corbs, have you noticed that since Andy's taken the minor premiership out two hours ago, he's he's just, he's prepared, he's detailed. Do you know, <laughs> do you know who he reminds me of? That bloody smug scene. He's got a real smugness about him tonight and Keep it's annoying me. Hey, this this uh, is not an anomaly, by the way. This is going to be continued for the rest of the season. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to come up with a new word. No, nah, I didn't want, to, didn't want to help you out. How bad was it seeing Sini <laughs> back today? That was that was the worst thing I've ever seen. The, and he's still got the stupid, stupid haircut. Like, he didn't even... Burning everyone's fantasy. Pretty much. <laughs> Everyone's hoping he would sort of be that red dot for him, but um, I, think a fair, I think a fair few players have a lot of red dots. I've got three on my team, which I'm <laughs> sort of hoping that I get no injuries for us this season, but what have we got next? All right, let's bust into Corby's team because he's got a big uh-huh. scenario right now. He's got one trade left. But last week he was talking about dropping one the Gutho or Nico Hines. And then obviously all of us today would cop the Angus Crichton news, which unless he fights the charge and he gets three to four weeks, Corby could be missing another player. So tonight we wanted to talk about, if we're in Corby's shoes, if we would drop Gutho, well, what would we do? Andy, we'll kick off. Well, actually, we'll get your thoughts first, what your initial thoughts are right now, Corbs. Yeah, well, I think... Like, I hate to say it, but Crichton's gone. If he gets three, then he's still a. I'm punting him. I know, and that hurts me because Gutho and Hines maybe just loop those two, which mm. I did actually on the weekend. And geez, that they both pretty scorely. <laughs> Originally, I was, and last week I was thinking about this too, just with the Gutho Hines. I was thinking of either to Dewey or Ponga. Yep. And I just think you just mentioned that Ponga's got a really good record against Sharkies, which isn't good when I'm playing a bloke named Dave that <laughs> has Ponga. But yeah, I was originally going those two, but then because of Crichton's mid and edge, and now I'm sort of leaning towards the Murray, but I don't really need to go that way either because I've got plenty of cover in uh, edge with, uh, f- who is it, Fafida, Madison, and... Schuster, and yep. then in the mids, I've got um, Grant, AFB, Lolo, and Haas. So 
yeah, I could go the the big sort of ceiling of Ponga, but Murray, he's uh he's almost like a floor of sixty the last few weeks. Yeah. Right now, I think Gutho needs to stay. He's he's that healthy and he's got his spot. I reckon yep. number one thing is to just let him. I know that he's only averaging thirty three against the top four, but at the end of the day, he's healthy and he's going to play eighty minutes each week. So that's my first suggestion, Andy. Won't you take it away? Yeah, if it was between Gutho and Hines, you'd pick. You'd probably drop Hines and keep Gutho for what you're saying. He's got a hundred percent guaranteed eighty minutes. Yeah, uh, there might be a chance to rest him, but nah. But yeah, I think you definitely sell Crichton here. Three games is too much, and to have seven hundred thirty-six k sitting on the bench, and, and like you said, you do have the cover in the edge and mid, so you've got the luxury to pick up one of those um, high-scoring winger fullbacks. Um, do you want to go through my options of who you should pick up, and then sort of just go uh, spread from your guys' options as well? Yeah, well, I'll, just, I'll pick. I got three, so either Teddy. I know he's owned from 33%. I've already got Teddy. Oh, well, there we go. He's out. <laughs> Did you uh, even look so at the team, you fool? I, I, you know what? I looked it up after a separate question. I didn't come back. But I've got either Dewey or Murray. Sure you don't have those two. No, nah, well, that, that's, yeah, it's either so, Ponga, Dewey or Murray, I'm thinking. So Dewey, Dewey with a 72, 79, 54. And the Tigers look like they're playing with a bit of form. Uh, they might have a chance. There's a slight chance they can make the finals. So I think Dewey will... Will kill it, and he's only owned by eight point nine percent of people, which is pretty low. Which is because we've been pumping his bloody tires up for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. But uh, so that's him. Or there's Murray, who has an ownership of thirteen percent, with scores of seventy eight, sixty one, and seventy. And I think TK saying like he's pumping out those minutes, and he's he's playing really well. And uh, he doesn't need anything to go bad or good for him to score well, uh, even though that the Sharks, been, oh, sorry, the Souths have been playing out of their skin, yeah. and I don't think they'll stop. Ben has got him primed too well. So if it was between those two, I think I'd probably still pick Dewey just because of his low ownership and the fact that last three games he's hit 270s, and that's pretty consistent for him. Yeah, I'm going to agree with Andy. If you really want to like for like with Angus, I think it is Cameron Murray. But you know what, Corbs? I reckon you should hold Angus. And I reckon because you're going to get him back in the last round, fingers crossed. He might even beat this charge on Tuesday. So it just depends because I've been looking at the video quite because obviously he's my draft man. So I've got to watch this video to help protect, you know, I'm going to be in this judiciary meeting. Yeah, lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> but in all seriousness, you'll still get him back. The good thing about him getting suspended, especially if you've got cover, is he doesn't have to play the next three games. So he won't get injured. So he's guaranteed to play the last game. The other way is you can't keep going on with Nico Hines playing 50 minutes. He's going to score you 30 points every week. And he's still good money. And I reckon you're right with... Dewey, I reckon you could straight swap Dewey, and given his draw, we could probably project he's going to probably score over 60 every game. Yeah, yeah but, well, with, but with Cryon, sorry, Corpse, uh, with Cryon, his last five games, he hasn't really delivered to a 736K player. Yeah. He's only hit 46, 59, 64, 41, and 56. For yeah. a 736K player, you want more from that. Yeah, and, no, and, and I, who's, to say, I, who's to say he's going to perform more than that when he comes back, when I, you get a Dewey score in 70s? I do agree, but just remember, Corby's trying to make the top 500, and everyone in the top 500 has got the exact same problem, and I reckon everyone's out of trades. So I don't think Angus so, is going to be the problem here. I reckon Nico is going to be the problem here because Nico will continue to score 30s. And then everyone but, else will. Then he can replace him with Dewey, but he'll get Angus back. But we're all worried about resting. Let's just say Bellamy decides to rest Munster or Hughes, mm. or probably not Pappy. Then boom, you got a Hines who's there on your bench who could, who's starting seven, could score another sixty or seventy points again. Like it, it's that chance where, yeah, you could sell Hines, but then he comes back and he starts 
uh, in the halves against uh, one of the teams with his rested Hughes or Munster, yep. and there's you got a seventy point player again. Yeah, that, uh, there's, that's there's that's true. To and fro. The only thing with that is we don't know how he's going to score in the halves because he's just never played there. I, yeah, but I, you I, see, I you talked you've about s- his playmaker ability. Yeah, even if you can afford it, you might even go Heinz to Cameron Murray and just get even more forward depth. Like you got some options there, like some really good options there. Yeah, well, I've got 130 in the bank, so Oof. you'd think Hines is probably going to lose lose 50k. And Cam Murray, what was his break even? His was pretty his, high too, I think. No, his was 38. So, geez, it, it, might, it yeah. might be a straight swap. It, be, I should be able to do that. Yeah, I don't think the coin was not going to be an issue. I was going to be left with a bit of coin left over, which was sort of annoying, but. Um, yeah, it won't stop me from getting anyone apart from Cleary. Yep. Now, boys, let's talk about Angus Crichton while he's on the table. Now, if, you know, this is away from Corb. So everyone else, like 90, what is it, 84% of the top 5,000. So literally everyone has this guy out of everyone left, right? So let's just say, I think we're all in the greens, whether holding or selling, because that's the only two things you can do anyway. But just say we're going into a sell scenario, boys. Corb, start with you. If you were to sell Angus Crichton, who would be the, if you were going to pick up a mid, in an edge, who would be the two that you would kind of go towards? Oh, <laughs> Murray yeah, ticks both. Cam the Muzz. Yeah, I think Cam Murray's the sort of one that you're looking at pretty clear sort of standout player to go both. But if I was to, if you – I just had him as – you go to yours and I'll just quickly have a look. All right. Just quickly, I just said yes – you know, play for players, Cam Murray, but really, yep. I think Tyson Frizzell played really well last week. So he's, oh, a, yeah. he's a cheap edge at 643K. And if you're going straight middle, AFB, especially with Lodge and Evans now suspended, he was on fire on Saturday, and I think he's only going to get better with more game time. Andy, who's your thoughts? Uh, mine was just a straight swap for Muzz. Okay. He was one of the options to sell for um, Hines or Gutho, but the Crichton was obviously the one. But uh, you can do a straight swap for any of those three. They're that high in price. Um, if you have the ability, you don't have Crichton, you don't have Hines. If you have Gutho, Gutho to Murray is a – it's a short bet. You're going to get six, minimum 60 from him. He, he's just – he's good looking. <laughs> he's <laughs> a great fantasy scorer, and he's just – he's all about the finals. Like, you just want him in your team, wouldn't you? <laughs> fantasy and also playing-wise. So, yeah, it's a straight spot for me. Nice. Now, Corbs, you got your stuff up? Yeah, I'd, well, I'd, I don't really think there's anyone too much outside those main ones. Like, obviously, you've got your Papali'i and Haas, your big guns. But, yeah, I like the AFB call because surely he's going to get huge minutes. Leigh Lewis seemed to get heaps of ball today, but he can be pretty sporadic. That yeah. 90s maybe a bit of an outlier, but um, he's not going to play he the has been, Actually, he does play the their draw, in the last round. It's a pretty good draw. Yeah. But Murray's, Murray's a standout. Boys, if you've got – somehow you've got five trades left and you're looking for some sort of random player to sort of <laughs> – Who is um, this guy? Yeah, somehow, <laughs> yeah. If you're looking for someone to sort of come in for a pot of difference, if, if you had plenty of trades, would you pick up Aiken and put him in the centres or on the bench? Like, if you got five, he, he's, yeah, potentially. Yeah. He had another good game. He did play a lot of that game in the centres though because they had a HIA. Oh, really? Yeah. But he still scored. Oh, still, he still scored. So he's he's in good form. So, and for those of you that kept Curran, oh, he was so close to my oh, sec, my start of the game. Oh, Can God. you tell he's on my draft team? Can you? Well, Dal- <laughs> Dallin, didn't you say at the start of the show Dallin's out? Yeah, he is. He's going to cop. So, 
Jeez, they lost three, didn't they, the Warriors? They can't cop a break. That means they're going to have to play Evans again, which yeah. is going to oh, uh, make geez. Lomas happy. Uh, surely he doesn't get past <laughs> suspension. Surely he's done. Surely he's done for the rest of the season. <laughs> for sure. Now, uh, if, I were, if I was Nathan Brown, I'd be going to judiciary trying to pin it, pin it on Evans more. So he doesn't have to play. So he doesn't have to play. It's true. I think even while she was saying after the game, he was laughing. He was going, "Yeah, I don't think I don't think Evans is going to be in the team next week." <laughs> I, I heard Lomas has um, started a petition over in NZ to uh, get Evans out of the he team. It was ridiculous. That was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. But boys, hey, uh, Gary Brown just on the chat said, "What about Radley as an option? Yeah. Seeing as Crichton's out, so he's going to play a bit big of a role." Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know if it really helped because he plays on the left edge, so I don't think it's going to help. Victor very much, and I think those he did play really good three minutes, uh, three minutes, three games in a row. Last week he came back to fifty minutes. I didn't track what he Ooh. scored. Did you have it in front of you? Actually, I probably can get it up. He, it's just still loading. That's right, I can get it up. What's your thoughts on that it, one, Andy? Oh, I think he's good. Like you said, I don't think the second row edge spot really affects him at all. I think he still plays that similar role with or without Crichton. Yeah, so it's not going to boost or de. Uh, Creasy's odds, but still a good option if you're looking to pick him up as a bit of a pod. And he's cheap um, too. I'll tell you what, Andy, I've got it in front of me now. He, he's 542k. He played 80 minutes on the weekend. Yeah, is that? Oh, did they have any? Um, he got a try oh. too. Yeah. No, Tucky O played 42. Again, Butcher played 29. Fletcher Baker played 14, and then Lockie Land replaced Verrills for some of it. He got 26. So yeah, if he continue, it just depends. I'm I'm a big fan of Rads at big minutes. They've got two good games coming up too, the Bronx and Dragons, who are uh, – well, Broncos definitely in the middle. Yeah, Teddy, he's he's doing good too. Boys, let's move to the Souths again. We've, we've covered them a little bit, but they're top six guys. When I'm talking about Cody Walker, Adam Reynolds, Cam Murray, Damian Cook, Dane Gagai and Latrell Mitchell, bang for your buck, boys. Like, my question was going to be, given that they've all been outscoring just so well over the last three games – have we nearly missed the boat on them, or is there a premium still to get these guys week by week, Andy? I think if – depends on what you need, really. Uh, with the Cameron Murray, I don't think it's too late because he's going to score that 61-plus. Uh, I think maybe uh, if you're looking for a winger fullback, uh, Latrell Mitchell. Yeah. He's still scoring well. He didn't have the best – what did he score? 43 on the weekend. But he's averaging last yeah. 67 from the last three. So, yeah, I, th- I still think he's undervalued because he he's got that massive ceiling who could be a bit of a pod difference. But, yeah, Murray, Gagai, you probably missed the boat. Murray is still pretty fantasy relevant in the trail. And Cookie, even though even with that anomaly of the 100 game, <laughs> he's the best hooker in the game at the moment, really. You've got no Appy because he's suspended next week. Reed Marnie's gone. Who else is there? So th- they're yeah. still relevant, those three. There's Cor- Connor Watson. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, I, could, I could punt him like a bloody football at the moment. Corbs, I've put the Bunnies players as my safe bets. So when people reach out for me to ask for advice and they ask, what's the safest bet, bang for your buck? I'm always tipping South players because they literally score well every week. They're, in, they're on fire and they just play within their systems. Are you in the same sort of thoughts? Yeah, the, the two stand out. Gagai, just the first time owner on the weekend, he just seems to rack up the points so easily, and it's nothing like no real big plays. Mm. It's just consistent over the whole game. Murray's def- Murray definitely falls into that category. But Cody Walker, 
excites me. I, I like having a, a couple of players like that in your team who can just go gangbusters. So Walker and Latrell would be the other two. They've got a couple of t- – they've got Titans who – They'll be in a team reckon, this week. Yeah, we'll sort of step up. Then they've got the Panthers, Roosters, and then the, the poor old Dragons. You'd think they'd probably rest a couple that last game. Yeah, potentially for sure. Oh, um, no, it'd be a tough game. <laughs> boys, last question, and it's about Jason Tamilolo because it's not that he had a shocker today. He played 80 minutes on the edge. He just looked a little bit lost. Just for me, I just really thought Payton played him 80 minutes on an edge. And can, like I didn't think that was what was going to happen because – Todd Payton's the one that switched Tohu Harris, playing, you know, that nice little 20 minutes on the edge and go dominate in the middle for, for 60. And I thought that's what was, was going to happen, but it didn't happen at all. But give me your thoughts, Corbs. I'll kick with you. What's your thoughts on Lolo on the edge today, mate? Yeah, I just he didn't get enough ball. I mean, their possession didn't really help them to start off the game. I think they were just pretty much tackling the whole time. But, mm. yeah, I, I would. why didn't he do that? That would have been the perfect time just he, with he, where they're at yeah, in the I mean, season. He invented it. So that's why I was just shocked that he didn't do it. I thought it worked really, really well. And if you want him on – because the thing is, the tactic is I want him on the field 80 minutes, right? And the thing is he got him 80 minutes, but he was ineffective for 80 minutes. So something has to change. Well, it's a similar thing to uh, – he's not David Fafita. That's not what he is. You know, he's a, he's a bit of a more of a – a um, bit more solid to him. So you can't play that David Fafita role where he plays 80 and sort of just dominates everyone. Yep. He just wasn't getting the ball enough. Like, it's just unfortunate. Like, yeah, like you said, he played 80 minutes, but he wasn't as effective because he's only on the one side. Whereas you're a prop, you're running up the middle. You're getting the ball a lot more in your hands, whereas you're on the, on the left or the right. You're only getting it when they go to that side. Yep. And Tim Lolo is not that kind of player. He needs ball in his hand, one out, two out, just run the ball offloading and didn't get that ability. Another thing that, like, because he's got a huge right foot step as well, Tamulolo, and they parked him on the left, which literally means he can't use his right foot step. I was just really, really shattered about his, because I thought this was going to work really, really well, and I thought he could become a really big scorer again. It just, he, he, I don't think yeah. it's going to happen. He Look, sort of got pushed to the overs a few times. I, I would have liked to have seen him come back on the, the unders line, like the Frizzell, like the, <laughs> the big guys do, and, I mean, it would have been pretty devastating him just sort of coming back through the ruck if anyone was being lazy. Like Talakai like was doing. Like, but yeah, the but also fantasy-wise, geez, that would have been tasty. Because oh, you, you would have guys. to think he would have racked up some points. But I don't know, a new new position, That's exactly I'd right. say they'll probably go with it again. And if he sort of, yeah, I don't know, if he gets played properly, he obviously can sort of be devastating there. But I don't think he got played right today. And whether or not the Titans sort of did a job properly on him as well. I mean, because if you stop him, the rest of their forwards weren't doing too much. Yeah. Given, I think I think you mentioned – oh, so you go. Oh, that's all right. I was just going to say the history of Todd Payton. He's probably going to see him out on the, the edge for the rest of the year, really. He's pretty stubborn. Well, I think Corby mentioned it perfectly. He goes – well, when he said he's not there, he's just gone from a prop where he's known just to run meters and play that sort of role, and now he's gone to an edge and just expected to play the best edge – Positions like if he's had a preseason of knowing his role, knowing what's what he needs to do, playing his role correctly, yep. bang, he's a way better edge. You know, he can actually fulfill that role to his potential. But putting him into one game and expecting him to sort of do do the world or sort of 
do his best, I don't think you're going to get much out of him. Yeah, probably plus side is maybe looking to next year. He'll probably be one of the only guys that's going to keep an edge. Well, he's going to probably get an edge middle sort of duel because like Ooh. next year, all the good guys, Crichton didn't play once in the middle this year. Isaiah Papali, he came off the bench to play middle. Well, that doesn't count. So he will lose his duel as well. Tohu Harris, yep. he's probably going to be missing for the start of the, the year because of his knee injury. He'll probably keep it because he played in both positions. And then we've got Josh Jackson. He only played one game on the edge, so he'll lose his duel. Cam Murray didn't play once on the edge. He'll lose his duel. So there's going to be probably heaps of these guys that are in everyone's teams that just don't have duels, especially around that edge position, which is rubbish. True. You had heaps heaps of duels this year. It was like sort of like a bit of an anomaly. No. <laughs> so many players that had duel. I think, like you said, next year you're sort of hoping to see the stats before you pick them because Burton should get Oh, he'll uh, get Jewel for sure. Surely. He's, he's, got, he's yeah. been centre. So there's a couple of players there. It'd be good to keep an eye out for next season. Definitely. I don't think Lolo will be on the radar, really, will he, after this year? Oh, he's fading. Third, he's getting third old. Round, yeah, third round pick in draft. Maybe fourth, mate. <laughs> no, seriously. I think, I think he's, maybe fourth. I think still, like, like like we said, I think if he has a preseason play on the edge, he could be damaging. If he just sort of uh, tightens up, but gets loses a bit of weight, becomes a bit more of a... Um, a lighter sort of edge player could be a, the new Fafita, the old player being the new Fafita. <laughs> I don't think so. He's a bit of Fafita, but yeah, it could be valuable so for your team. For sure. All right, boys, that wraps us up for round 21. We look forward to round 22. Tuesday night, uh, Jamie's coming back on, boys, Tuesday night. So he'll be joining us from Fantasy. Oh, his his team's are going all right. He's doing real good. He's just, I yeah, think I he's knocking on your door, mate. I think he's about 100 behind you. <laughs> yeah, no, he got his, he picked me last week. I haven't seen how he scored this week yet. But I did, I think he had a few trades, so he'll be right. But he did have a few players that have uh, gone down. But yeah, he knows how to uh, play the game and he has some trades. So. <laughs> he's got five, mate. He's got five before the weekend. Five so trades. So I think he was going to yeah. make a couple of trades, but he might be down to three now. Yeah, I, I don't mind. I always, yeah, he's sort of, the last one I listened to, he must put his up a bit later and I'll get the notification and, um, yeah, whack him on to check out who he's going and who he's picking. Nah, it'll be good to catch up with him. But, boys, thank you for that, Andy. Congratulations again. You enjoy the night. Hope you have a big night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, congrats. I don't think I've said it yet. It hurts me, but congrats. No, After rubbishing you, you so much oh, throughout <laughs> the year, you I have uh, really it. leaped home. It means a lot, guys. I appreciate it. And Corby, <laughs> that did I, actually hurt me to uh, say that as well. Andy, what? Uh, Corby, <laughs> you can see it on your face. Corby, you can see it. Stop refreshing your screen. Free agencies that open yet. I've just actually turned the screen on that. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, stay safe, and we'll check you Tuesday night.